This week's show is brought to you by Miracle Made. Alright, now you guys, Brad and Alex, you know I like a lot of things, but I'm going to reveal a little bit about myself here. I really like sleeping. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm like, it's, oh, yeah. A, it's in my top three. Of it's a great I thing enjoy. to do. Wait, hang on. Eating, sleeping, and? Sleeping. Again. Okay. It's, All right. it's it's mostly sleeping, then eating, then sleeping Got again. Got it, yes. Got sleep, it. get up, eat, then you get back to sleep. <laughs> yeah. If I could eat while I'm sleeping, I would probably do that, too. Sleep, eat, sleep, repeat. Got it. Yes. And luckily for me, Miracle Made has sheets just for me. Because did you know that traditional bed sheets can harbor more bacteria than a toilet seat? And I'll tell you what I don't like, sleeping on a damn toilet seat. I would rather sleep in some nice sheets. I don't know, man. Have you tried it? Unfortunately, yes. And it's not my style. I won't ask you to elaborate. (laughs) Inspired by those punks at NASA, Miracle Made uses silver-infused fabrics and makes temperature-regulating bedding so you can sleep at the perfect temperature all night long. It has self-cooling properties. The sheets that are infused with this silver prevent up to 99.7% of bacterial growth, leaving them to stay cleaner and fresh three times longer than other sheets, and no more gross odors. Only the best odors in my sheets. You can go to trymiracle.com slash nextlander to try Miracle Made Sheets today. And whether you're buying them for yourself or as a gift for a loved one, if you order today, you can save over 40%. And if you use our promo nextlander at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. Miracle is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to miracle.com slash nextlander and use the code nextlander to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash nextlander to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another Nextlander podcast. Boy, howdy, howdy, boy. Howdy, 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 boy. Howdy, howdy. Alex Navarro, howdy. Boy, howdy. Boy, howdy. Brad Shoemaker, howdy. Howdy, boys. That's us. <laughs> the howdy, boys, and another uh-huh. video game mystery. Rootin' Tootin'? Rootin' Tootin' Howdy, boys. Yep. Back mm-hmm. on another yep. Next Just Lander the har- podcast. Shit the Hardy Boys. Solving mysteries. The Hardy Boys and their six shooters. That's them and uh-huh. their spurs. Yeah. Those are the Rowdy Boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are here to talk about video games. I feel like I have a genuine. I don't know why I'm doing this whole vocal thing, but uh, the stress in these. I'm gonna like saying genuine. Genuine bona fide. <laughs> Wait, I did not take you for a genuine fan. A genuine backlog of 2023. Do I know who genuine is? Yeah. Do you? Can you sing me a little uh, pony? What's that? Can What'd you sing you me a little bit of pony? A, p- a pony? Uh, is wait. Uh, like a pony. Nope. Mo-ni-mo-ni. Nope. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ride my horses. Nope. Oh, th- okay. Nope. Should I, can I give you a sample lyric? Okay. Yes. 
I'm I'm horny. Let's do it. Ride my pony. Ew. Okay. There you go. That's the chorus. Now, now take it away. Watch cast Magic Mike. We're doing it. (laughs) (laughs) I have heard of genuine. Okay. Uh, How is it spelled? It's like G I I like Jen Jen like Jen. You know G I N. Actually, I never even thought about it before. Gin and wine. Oh, G-I-N-U-W-I-N-E. Okay, yes. Okay, gin you wine. I don't know that anybody is chasing gin with wine necessarily, but, you know. Do what you got to do, man. Um, Powerful combo. Did not expect this podcast to start talking about 90s R&B. That's the magic. There are way worse things to talk about. That's the magic Uh, mic. That's the magic. These are what is in front of me could be classified as a magic mic. Right in mm-hmm. front of me, my mouth is very close to the magic mic right now. Even closer now, magic mic is happening. We are here to bring you the magic. Magic mic's the dancing one. That's right. It's That's the, such a reduction sure? of what they are doing in those films. It's the let's let's say it's the fake Chippendales one. Okay. Yes. Wait, it's, it's not real Chippendales, is it? They didn't like get the no, name no. Or it's, but it is. It's like male strip dancing. Yeah. It's it's it is yes. Male male review is that yes. the is that the term? I, I don't know if that's still the term, but it certainly was at one that's, time. I okay. I just went to Chippendales.com and it says the hottest male review show in Las Vegas. There so you I go. guess that's I guess that's totally it. Wait, is is I, like showgirls, is that a like female review? Kind of. I don't though think also, so. I don't I don't see that. I don't know that I've ever seen that term. Showgirls is also a lot more salacious than either Magic Mike movie. <laughs> like I mean the first Magic I, Mike movie is like weirdly serious, I, but it is not particularly salacious. And the second I, one is just a giant romp. I guess I, I remember the second one coming out and there were romp vibes coming off of that. I, it's a delight. Mill- I mean that um, sincerely. I would I would watch those movies. Those I've seen fun. neither. I yeah. really I know they were a cultural sensation, uh, but I, I don't know either of them. Are are they both Soderbergh. The first one's Soderbergh. Right? First one is Soderbergh. The second one is not. It's the same okay. characters, but it is not the same. That's, that and I think Soderbergh the... might be doing the last one. Oh, there's another one. There's <laughs> one coming uh, where uh, Magic Mike travels to Europe, and Salma Hayek is there. Is, is it? Is it? Is it just Magic Mike XXXL? <laughs> I I forget what the subtitle is, but there is a third one coming. The trailer came out late last year. I remember. Huh. Is the main character named Mike? I believe so. I do believe so, yes. Is Channing it Channing Tatum? Yes. Okay. And how long ago were those movies made? Uh, um, the first, first one. How was the first one? first one's fairly, quite, quite a good number of years old. 2009? Okay. Okay. Sounds, okay. sounds right we could, we could be in getting close to 14 years, 13, 14 uh, years. 2012. 2012. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And the second I mean, one was like a few years later. I'm going, I just opened this WatchCast doc under a big list of movies. <laughs> I am typing Magic Mike. Okay. Okay, good. One or two? Both? You have One. to do both? I think you One. have to do both, but the thing okay. is, the first, they're, they're very different movies, but I think they're both good in their own way. Okay. Okay. People really like Showgirls as well, right? But for different Ooh. reasons? For the camp. Okay. Ooh, yeah, camp. yes. Okay, okay, sure. For that For that reason, yes. And that's, um. I forget the actress's name, but uh, uh, Jesse Spano, right? Yeah. I don't okay. Elizabeth Berkeley's career never recovered, would you say? I Which know. I think is unfair. Yeah. Is that oh, accurate, what? though? That is accurate. Yeah, it is right? accurate. Yeah, okay, yeah. Well, like, her career... Okay, we don't spend too much time in this ballpark, but her career... I thought this was a thing to bring her career back. Like, no. after Saved by the no, Bell... No, no. That okay. was her taking a big swing after was, Saved by the Bell to, like, establish yeah. herself. 
Right. And, you know, don't forget, this is also like Joe Esterhaas kind of following up Basic Instinct. So uh, it's like Basic Instinct was huge. And it's like, well, anything that guy writes is going to be box office gold, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe not. So this is like Saved by the Bell. What's the next big step? Th- it yes. was this. And then this just whiffed. And then it's, there was, yeah. there were, okay. And I'll, I'll say this for Elizabeth Berkeley. She gives everything to that role. And I'm not just talking about the nudity. Like she throws herself into the high camp of the whole thing. Yeah, you to be clear, I'm not criticizing her yeah. at all. It's just that she she hitched her wagon to the wrong project. Unfortunately, it just it happens. I thought there Sometimes were more ask, years. Ask, ask uh, what's the Taylor Kitsch right? That's the, the dude's name. Who's that? Right, Tim Riggins from Friday Night Lights. Oh yeah, yes. He was like poised to be the next like box office heartthrob. And then he did John Carter and Battleship in the same God. year. Oh boy, those jo- Battleship is one of the worst. I you should write that down. Oh, on you that should see John Carter. The, that is also I, real fucking bad. I think I might have seen John Carter in the theater, but Battleship was I one. It. <laughs> I reviewed John Carter. It, like he he was coming hot off of Friday Night Lights. Yeah. He was like poised to be huge, like a oh boy. massive movie star. And then he did that double whammy. Those movies are not redeemable. Is it John Carter and like the Ghost of Mars or something? John Carter. No, it's just John the, Carter of John, Mars. John is Carter the of Mars. Story. Of yeah, Mars. The, okay. Yes. Um, I thought there were more years between Saved by the Bell and Showgirls that there was just like a a, a no work period there. I think it was like maybe a couple of years. From really, when, from I guess that Saved show went longer than when I, what I thought. Or Showgirls came. It out was a late than, '80s show, is the thing. So I think it ran for several seasons. When did Showgirls uh, come out? 92. 95. Ni- Saved she- by the Bell ended in 92, and then, yeah. Okay. So she, she basically went almost straight from okay. Saved by the Bell to Showgirls production. I thought Showgirls came out in, like, 2008. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> there's, a, there's, a, there's a time consolidation happening somewhere in there that is uh, just compression that is happening all right. Well, God, for- oh man, I forgot. I I consistently forget that Showgirls was a Verhoeven movie. Oh, oh. yeah, man, it's in that streak like that, that, of of that, like the big Verhoeven movies. Wait, did he do Basic Instinct as yes. well? Oh God, I man, how did I forget all that? Like his that Wild. five movie run of like RoboCop, Total I, Recall, <laughs> Basic God. Instinct, Showgirls, and Starship Troopers all in a row. Right. He just he just. Yeah. That's a wild streak. <laughs> he just, he just, he just had a little erotic thriller interlude bookended by this like amazing science fiction satire. <laughs> what a career! Uh, well, video we're games. gonna <laughs> transition. Are there any Total Recall video games? There probably should be. I'm not sure that there yeah, are. There are. I don't. There are. There's definitely there RoboCop. Is. Oh, there's, there's definitely several. Starship there Troopers. totally oh. is for oh, wow. Commodore 64. Oh, oh right. wow. Ocean Software and Interplay. Okay. Oh, that sounds hey, that sounds like a development uh, crew that I can get behind. What is it? Is it like a... Oh, there's an NES version. Hmm. Is it an adventure game? It's a platformer. Oh. Like okay. an action platformer. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, I, I think, mean, they all were at that point. I think a total recall in the um, Shadowgate uh engine like something like that or deja vu would work i think like a basic a, a, instinct in that engine would work <laughs> i think a yes. showgirls in that engine would work <laughs> okay listen we're gonna talk about video games here uh we're gonna Very talk erotic um, <laughs> 
we're going to talk Hi-Fi Rush, Dead Space, tape to tape. The Steam Next Fest stuff is going on. Uh, some more Hitman stuff and some check-ins with Forspoken. So let's jump right into it, starting with Hi-Fi Rush, a game, if everyone remembers. Uh, what, what's your term, Brad? What is the, um, not shadow drop or, or, uh, um, Oh, I don't have a good term. I don't have a good, it's no, you had probably... the best term for it. It was uh, like game released on same day. It is announced no, or that, something. That was, that, the, that was the giant bomb wiki. Okay. Name for ah, it. okay. Um, uh, we'll get announced, there announced and released on the same day. I believe is <laughs> the name of that wiki page, which, Hey man, it's, it says it's exactly what it means. Um, it was the Tango Gameworks. Uh, game it is the one that is uh, the action platformer to the beats it's been out for a little bit now um i i played a bunch more of it but more importantly i watched my son finish that game hell yeah uh i couldn't get my hands on the controller he was playing he made his way through it he really enjoyed it um and i really actually enjoyed watching it yeah, it's 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 a delight, man. Like I, if I if Free, Hitman Freelancer had not more or less derailed my last couple of weeks, I feel like I would be done with that game too. But I have still been playing it in chunks, and I, it's great. Oh, sorry, I I am consistently shocked at how likable it continues to be. Yeah, <laughs> like it feels like it should have worn out its welcome in terms of the like attitude is not the right word, but the like pizzazz of it. Like, the goofy, like, sense of humor, like, the character yeah. direction, like, I, I, yeah, you're right, that stuff feels like it could run out of gas at any time, but so far it has not for me at all. Like, like, like just the constant chai quipping and all that stuff, but, like, there's just so much detail and style to everything that they do in that thing, like, constantly. And they modulate I, it well. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess I could see maybe it does just devolve into a lot of character action and less of the style that's up front. So I did we talk about this in the podcast or was it a stream that I said I was thinking about starting it over on very hard? I Oh, maybe it was which, here. It which might I have here. now I have now done. OK, so I went back to the beginning and I'm, I'm only up into chapter two, excuse me, track two mm-hmm. now. Uh, I It's eminently doable, I think, mm, unless okay. unless it gets crazy harder or deeper in like it's it's not. It's not a cakewalk, but it's not like as punishing. It's it's doable, right? Like the, I only died on that first boss. Was a little once. tough, or at least watching my son play the last boss. Yeah, seemed I could, tough. It could it could get worse. Like it can always get worse. I definitely came out of that first came out of that first level basically looking at that fifty thousand scrap, uh, like the health battery thing. You know, mm-hmm. there's like a thing basically if you have full health and you keep picking up health, it'll fill up a battery and it'll like kick in and revive you if you die once. And I came out of that first level going, I'm not going to buy anything until I can afford that thing. Cause you definitely, I mean, they, they hit hard on that mode, but it just seems like to me the way to keep that thing interesting all the way through where you're not just like mashing it out. Once you get, you know, you know how character action games. Yeah. Are. Like at I, some have point, found, I have found those combat arenas to be a little rote. Um, yeah. you know, but they do add a lot of mechanics in like they, they it is constantly piling in um, support stuff like assists and also uh, yeah, it's like the parry is a, is a big one. Once you get the, the parry move, that's a big one. And um, what was the other one that was like a huge one? You have to like, again, that last boss, you're juggling all of those moves. So I was watching him to kind of work through all of the different rock paper scissorsness of that game because you mm. wind up with uh, enemies that have certain shields and certain uh, barriers so uh yeah i 
I that's when I put the game down. It's usually because I get a little bored of the combat, right? Uh, but I am there. Honestly, I'm there to see the big villains. Like I, I think they do a great job with the personalities on those bosses. They are surprisingly funny, and <laughs> like the the characterizations are 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 like like the voice actors are good. Like the like the animations really really good. Like they just they they found a way to make every part of that game feel relatively distinctive. I mean, again, not every ba- single battle feels totally different. A lot of them don't. But like the world and the characters and just every time they like highlight a specific thing, it feels like it is just bursting with personality. I'm still bummed I blew up Rekka. <laughs> like had to Rekka happen, seemed, man. I guess. I don't know. Rekka seemed all right. Maybe some a little misguided. There was right. only one way to unstick that caps lock key. Yep. <laughs> Take out Rekka. Yeah, Hi-Fi Rush. Surprisingly refreshing still. Again, I think refreshing is my word for it. Yeah, Your son came away happy. He did. He really liked it. So I w- I'll say this: after you beat it, there's more to do. Like they they add in a couple of other things that um, don't just feel like filler. They add in um, some modes and some other stuff to go back in and continue playing if if you would like. Which is I did not expect that from this game. This seemed like a beat the game and you're done. Put it down. Mm-hmm. It it just blows my mind. I was like babbling about this to my girlfriend while I was playing it. It's like this is the type of game everybody was super over like twenty years ago. You know? Oh yeah. And like for everybody to be losing their minds at getting to play a game like this now, it's like, do you remember the embarrassment of riches of these on the PS2 and the original Xbox? But it's just an inversion of you know. Yeah, they weren't everything. always as ma- well made as this, but no. yeah, there was definitely a huge but- glut of them. That's part of it is this is unnaturally like well made in every respect imaginable, but also, you know, everybody's sick of live service games. Mm-hmm. Everybody's sick of forever games like, hey, here is just a 15 hour, $30, like have fun with it. It's charming. It's plays well and then it's done. Um, the other thing is I keep thinking about like, <clears throat> I think it's fair to say this game has gotten a degree of, I don't know, good natured grief about its soundtrack and kind of being a little... Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, 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 was, I started thinking about this game in the context of nostalgia, though, because of the iPod in particular. Mm-hmm. And, like, I tend to think that nostalgia runs on about a 20-year mm-hmm. delay. That That is absolutely my opinion as well. Right. And so 20 years ago is right about when iPods were really blowing up and becoming mainstream. And so, like... It hit me at some point. I think the I think I think the music player explicitly being an iPod in this is like not unintentional. And yeah, I know. I know the soundtrack is a little more spread out. Like I think Zwan was around twenty years ago. I know some of the stuff on this soundtrack is a little like bit the newer. Joy Formidable track. I think is like later aughts, but it is yeah. it's all within that like two thousand one, with the exception of like the Prodigy <laughs> song. Like it's all like that two thousand one to two thousand eight kind of range. The the Interpol era. Yes. Um. Yeah, it just it feels like it feels like it's like nodding toward the shit that was going on twenty uh, ish years ago, give or take three to five years. Yeah, sure. look at that. I'm holding oh, up my holding, iPod. He's holding yeah. up, which iPod. still works. It's a touch dial, right? That's not the spinny dial. It's not the spinny dial, but it is like it has the clickable button. Like you okay. can still push it in. So okay, you know, like Hold. this thing, I cherish it. At some point, I may send it off to someone like fucking Dan Amrick or something to to modify it to to have more storage or whatever, bigger battery. But this thing has held up, and I think if this Wait, it, you use it, there's oh yeah, man, there's a whole crazy subculture of people clinging to their iPods. I don't use it a life. lot, but I do sometimes. Wow. 
Yeah. What is the what's the what's the replacement OS Rockbox? I want to say yes, is the, that is it. Is the is the kind of homebrew iPod OS that people are using now? Yeah. Yeah, they've uh, totally reworked these things in some significant ways, and but the thing is, also a lot of these iPods just hold up. Like the battery, mm-hmm. like the battery life isn't amazing, but it still works, and like the hard drive still works as long as you're not constantly hammering it, which I'm not. I, I think you can replace the hard drive with an SSD now, right? Yes, you can. Yeah, like it takes the, some, the, a little bit of work, but you can do it. Like those things are built like a tank, right? I never had an old school iPod, but. Aren't they like super sturdy? They're very sturdy, and it's got and that the, big like aluminum case, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the thing is, you're you're dead right that like millennial aesthetics are coming back in a big way. <laughs> that's that's the real thing I wanted to highlight here. Is like, oh man, buckle up. But, like, hot hot heat is classic rock now. Basically, is what I'm saying. It's just like fuck. Uh, Alkaline Trio is dad rock. Mm-hmm. But, like, so, the thing I will say, it, I mean, look, when I was playing shows with, with my band, like, a couple of years ago, like, kids would show up at the show basically dressed like they were going to a Slipknot concert in, like, 1999. You know, like, huge pants, like, the, the Hot Topic aesthetic, like, all that stuff is yeah. kind of back. Yeah. Like, some of the more poppy millennial aesthetics are coming back. My only issue with the soundtrack, again, is not that it uses that music. Like, I think that music is perfectly fine for the stuff that they're doing. It's just that I think a spread of that stuff with some newer stuff would probably be a little bit more appealing overall. Like, if you played Jet Set Radio and it was literally all just like 80s rock, that would feel a little weird. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Game's great. We got another one. We have a second oh, wow. iPod. We have found <laughs> uh-huh. a second iPod. A, a second iPod has hit the pod. No. A second That's iPod so- has hit the podcast, yes. <laughs> I wasn't sure if I should go for no, it. No, we did not. it. It's okay. Uh, we're actually we're far enough away now we can make those jokes. I have my uh what's the little clip on one that like clips onto your lapel too? Oh, the, the nano? nano? Is that the nano or mini? I, I weren't there there um, were two of them, right? There was a mini and then of, the nano. There were multiple models of nano. Uh the first nano was the like kind of pack of pack of gum like stick of gum shaped yeah that's the second nano that's the clip on like that's the little like lapel clip one does it say how much storage is on here oh no dude that thing is like it looks like a chocolate they leave on your pillow at a fucking (laughs) hotel god you just reminded me my first ipod was a nano that somebody like some press tour came through the GameSpot office and those things could double as a like Mm. um like just a usb storage device and whoever brought the game left their assets behind on an iPod Nano as a yeah. USB. I was like, oh man, like, wow. This I'm one has an en- engraving on it that makes me think this was uh, a piece of swag. That's possible. It might yeah. be, yeah. They got, they got cheap enough that marketing budgets certainly could have accommodated them. It's so funny. This this iPod I have here is 80 gigs. I don't know what where that place is at uh, on that's, the iPod pretty good. scale. This one's 160. Whoa! Look yeah, at all, I, you could put the entire Encyclopedia Britannica on that thing. I don't I don't think the hard drive ones got much bigger than that. Did no, they? they did. I think the highest they ever got was 256 or something, and maybe even not that high. Are they colored? They're not color, right? I haven't booted this thing. It's you like a screen? brown. Yeah, the screen is black and white. I think they're probably blue. The ones I think they there may have been more colorized. Okay, the battery is currently dead on this one. I need to recharge yeah. it. But the, the the screen on this one, I think, actually does do color album covers. Here's the biggest problem I have with having this iPod here. I hated these charging ca- the flat charging cables. Yes. I always hated them. The I one would I have like is completely frayed. <laughs> I would like to get them out of my life. 
but I keep one or two around just because of old devices like this. Maybe one of my least favorite uh, charging cables that that weird rectang- flat rectangular thing. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of the lightning cable either. For some reason, those ports always get very dirty. Well, but, you're in luck. Yeah. Are we all uh, USB-C? Yeah, the, the EU mandated that they have to move to USB-C in two years, I think. I forget exactly what the deadline is. But. I think USB-C, I'm going to say this here. USB-C might be my favorite USB port. My favorite, I'll even throw in Firewire with that. Bold my claims fav- being made yeah, here. My my favorite, might be my favorite connector port that we have had in it's a long, a, long time. It's a pretty low bar, to be fair. Also, that's pretty a, low bar. That's the name of this episode, my favorite connector port. <laughs> um, The only other port, probably, I mean, I will always be a BNC connector. I think that's the best, the best connection port you can have. But for a big old consumer mass market port, USB-C. It's pretty good. Though I do always get a little weirded out with USB-C to USB-C. That still freaks me out a bit when it's like, oh, I've got a USB-C port on the computer and it's going to a USB-C device. Now it's just USB-C to USB-C and that cable always just makes me feel like I'm doing something wrong. Like Mm. I'm connecting both ends of an outlet or something. It is illegal. um, Like the PlayStation 5 has that USB-C port and then you plug that into a USB-C on the controller. Feels weird. Feels wrong. So it should always be an A on the other side of that. Uh, anyway, I rat- I voted for USB-C, so I ratified that. You, you Good job. welcome. Yeah, I'm on the board. Um, anyway, that's you know Hi-Fi what? Rush. <laughs> that's Hi-Fi Rush and iPods, and um, someday we'll have to plug in your iPod, Alex, and go through the oldest songs on it to see. Because uh, I have not put it. new music on this thing in a long time, so mm-hmm. it is mostly the stuff I put on there, I'm going to say, at least 10 years ago. Remember when you could just plug an iPod into an Xbox 360? <laughs> yes. And play music off of it, and I think that worked with the custom soundtracks on the 360. Also, man, they should bring back custom soundtracks. Dude, yes! Dude, like that was the f- possibly the coolest feature on a console full of amazingly cool new features. Imagine if you were playing Hitman Freelancer right now and you could just dial up your own music to play in Hitman's little murder house. Mm-hmm. I almost wonder if there were licensing issues there. Not, mm. not like actionable ones, but more just like pressure from recording companies of like, hey, we could be selling people more music on here and you could be making some of that money if you weren't just letting them play whatever they want off of their pocket piracy device. <laughs> the RIAA would never do anything so untoward. They are incredibly consumer friendly. Yeah. Fuck them. Um, let's take a quick break. Uh, we'll come back. We'll talk about uh, Dead Space and some more games right after this. This week's show is brought to you by Rocket Money. Rad Shoemaker, Alex Navarro. I bet you guys have subscriptions. I had a lot of subscriptions. I had too many subscriptions, and at a certain point, I had to drill down. I had to. I had to focus. I had to make sure that I did not have so many subscriptions anymore. You had to take time out of your day, my busy schedule, your time, which is worth more than anything to find those subscriptions and cancel. Brad Shoemaker, do you live a subscription lifestyle? I am just a walking monthly bill at this point. <laughs> it's the world we live in. If you need help, boy, guys, I got some uh, I got some news for you. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills 
all in one place. It says here that most people think they're spending $80 on their subscriptions, but in reality, the number is closer to 200. My God. What are we even doing? With Rocket Money, you can easily cancel the ones you don't want with just the press of a button. Rocket Money also lets you monitor all your expenses in one place, recommends custom budgets based on your past spending, and they'll even send you notifications when you've reached your spending limits. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. That's rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. Rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. Thanks, Rocket Money. All right, we are back. And Dead Space remake is is out there still trucking along uh, looking good playing well brett shoemaker you've gone back into the dead space that remake is pretty good it's It's pretty pretty fucking good that that remake is pretty good um i stand by some of what i said last week about parts of it feeling a little dated but uh because it still is fundamentally that game but it's Mm -hmm. pretty good I mean, fundamentally, that game was always pretty strong, even if it has, you know, aged in certain respects. Like, for its time, it was fucking radical. And now it feels like the things they fleshed out are, like, the right choices by and large. But you are still operating within a particular structure from a game that is from a particular era. Yeah, I I had to go and Google the upgrade system in this to see if it's changed or not, which thankfully it has. Because the upgrades were very punishing in the original game. Yeah. I was reminded in the original game, you had to cash in nodes for upgrade points on nodes that did nothing in the skill tree. Yeah. Like just to get to the oh, next thing yeah, yeah. that actually gave you yeah. something, you had to cash in a node uh-huh. on an empty on an empty slot, which is like fucking awful. And I think nodes also were for opening doors back then. Is yep. that right? Is that different? I believe that's gone as well. Okay. So like every node you spend uh, gives you something and also I believe is permanent because there were also suits that had specific stats. Mm. in the original game and i think all the suits are just cosmetic now okay um yeah i you know you you could see a lot of the work that was done in there this yeah is like clearly- visually it speaks for itself like i don't know some people seem to have gotten the idea that i was saying it didn't look good last week or no, something no no like fucking come on um, <coughs> the money you know, people- is on the screen you can see yes. it Yes, it's very clear. Just as long as you don't call it a remaster. Some people definitely got a little bent out of shape. It's like, dude, I had people... <laughs> they like their terminology. I mean, people, these things these things have to mean things or we can't have a society. People who want to be pedantic about the meaning of remake and remaster, fucking get over yourself. <laughs> yeah, come on. <laughs> Seriously, holy shit, man. Like, those Words definitions have are meanings, so okay? fluid. Like, yes, there are obviously extreme ends of the spectrum that are easy to define, but there's all kinds of stuff in the middle that falls into both... Like one foot in each, like just come on. Spoken like a true centrist. Like come on. Um, um either way, this game uh feels like a fantastic remake of Dead Space. A fantastic I, uh, voyage, if you will. Yeah. Fantastic voyage. It is coolio. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah. yeah, I I haven't picked it up much more. I I popped it open like <laughs> when I go back into it between i've had a lot of things that i was thinking about playing and i would pop it on and then i would be immediately exhausted and then turn it back off sure. and be like oh right yeah i've got this isn't a game i could just kind of um sleepwalk through i've got no. to kind of be on uh, kind of on top of it and um that's why i played more for spoken a game i can pretty much 
sleepwalk through. It's it's tough to go back and compare without just straight up playing the old game because they're both named the same thing. So it's basically impossible to Google for things that are just about the old game at this point. But like, mm. I'm trying to remember, like, did the did the original game have security clearance levels, or is that new? Four doors and stuff. Yeah, like the the hey, you're secured to level two now, so you can open like crates and security doors that are level two. Or is that totally new? It's been golly I, gee, I, I don't remember. I haven't played that game since it came out, so I can't say but i don't remember that i do feel like i remember a fair amount of like key hunting or stuff but like i don't remember if it was that exact structure or not Um, and i just watched abby play that game (laughs) not that long ago but you know my memory is full of swiss cheese yeah i mean it's been going on 15 years for me i don't think that that was in there um i don't think side missions were in there either so like those are things that I might say would put it more into a remake category. I, I would, would say it's definitely for me. I would say it's definitely a remake, though. I don't. I don't get mad at people for for wanting to latch on to words because without like H, like the term HD, it just becomes a muddied mess when everybody starts using Dude. it for everything. If everything is high def, then nothing is high def. We all we all have a limited number of moments on this earth. <laughs> Maybe let's use them. them to argue whether something is a remake or remaster. No, let's, you gotta let's do maybe spend them in any other way than getting mad There's about a what lot. you said about video games. <laughs> the more time people are spending arguing about remake or remaster, it's less time spending about actual nonsense, like actual worse stuff on the internet. So it's fine. It's fine yeah. with me. So whether these security levels are new or not, the, the net effect of them in this case has been that I've like really run up against the AI director, like dynamic encounter oh, stuff, like sucking out your ammo, which, which I'm like really of two minds about because conceptually it's kind of amazing because I've been I've, I've been very completionist about like oh I just got a security upgrade I've got to sweep this whole area and go get all the <clears throat> excuse me stuff that I unlocked um, before I move on to the next objective and going back through that stuff like you see like damn they respawn a lot of enemies in unexpected places it's more than that though it's like there's one hallway, there's one room in medical that I, that's just, just a long hallway with a dip in the middle and a big pipe over it. People might know what I'm talking about. I've come to think of it as more of a hellway uh-huh. because for some reason they just keep spawning monsters into that room. And like, like I've got, I, at one point I ran through, I had to run through there to get something on the other end and then run back. And like they spawned monsters, both runs through. It was like, I had to fight another like six things just backtracking through this area to go get some items that I missed. And like, it kind of feels like you're coming out net negative in some. Ca- I mean, I was just going to ask: Are they dropping a lot enough like, ammo to cover your costs? It feels uh, sometimes like it, I feel like I'm getting a lot of 100 credits, 400 credits, like things that are maybe not super worth it from enemies. Like they do drop health and ammo as well. Could you like, farm if you wanted, or would you run out of ammo at some point? That, that's where I was going to say, like, I might someone might suggest that I get good. <laughs> Like, like that's the thing. Like, if you take those encounters really well, then you probably could come out ahead. But, mm. um, like, it's not a slouch. Like, even on normal, it's pretty, like, demanding. I guess it's, the right. it's not like impossible. I've only died like once so far. But in terms of in terms of resource scarcity, it's like pretty demanding. Like, I've definitely got down to like I've got two shots left in this plasma cutter. Like, holy shit, what am I gonna do? Uh, that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so so yeah, like. I've definitely felt like I came out kind of net negative a couple times going back to like, I'm going to go unlock that security door and get the stuff in there. But it's like, oh, I feel like I've got less now than I did going in. The other thing, though, is I was going to say, like, it's not just random enemy spawns. They'll do shit like turning the lights off in the room. 
Mm. Like one of the times I ran through that room, they just shut the lights off and I was like, fuck, this is kind of terrifying. Like it's, it's cool. It's cool on a design level to see them make things so unpredictable or like, like they start spawning. I remember from the original game, they will spawn enemies in zero G and in, in uh, vacuum. And there was not some big reveal of that in this. They just did it randomly when I was going back to get some stuff. Like there was not some like, Hey, we're doing enemies in, in, in space now. It was just, Oh, this is the fifth time I've been through here looking for stuff. Mm. Holy shit. Now there's an enemy here. Like it's, it's, it's awesome from a horror unpredictability standpoint. Yeah. Like it's maybe it feels maybe just a tad bit punishing for me. I'm trying to save ammo. Mm-hmm. Do they mark security doors on your map? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so all, you know where they so are. They mark doors, but not containers. There are tons of like lockers and foot lockers that also have security clearance on them. Uh, and they do not mark those on the map, which is a real bummer. That's, that's frustrating. Uh, but the, these straight up doors that have a level uh, are easy to find and come back to. So this might have been talked about in some of the making ofs because there were a bunch of them and about the what's going on behind the scenes, the AI director stuff like you're talking about. So I'll talk about it as if it was not talked about. If it was, I apologize to anybody. How would you feel about the AI director managing drops from enemies based on what you have versus being pure RNG? I think that's fine. I think yeah. that's definitely a common survival horror thing. I can't say if they're doing that here or not. So would you be like, hey, if you need ammo, they will drop ammo? Or if you have, like, or would you rather it just be pure random? I'm trying to think. Like, I feel like there's, like, definitely some Resident Evil games that it feels like do that. <laughs> I can't, like, nothing's coming to mind, but definitely some games in the genre do that. Like, okay. probably, probably more so than this one from, I mean, that's just my gut feeling. Like... I, I don't really have a problem with it. Okay. Like it is definitely feels a little bit kind of like rubber band AI or something. Like a like, mercy. Like, Oh, is, don't help me out. I'm this, this is not the true masochistic experience. Cause you're throwing me a bone every time I need one. But yeah. Like, that's, that's video games. That's video games. Yeah. Like there's, I, I love those Twitter threads. that will pop up from game designers now and then of like, here's all the little hidden shit we did in this game that you had no idea we were doing to make it more fun for you. Right. Like hitboxes like, and like, yeah, the, yeah. Like we're fudging the physics on things and right. like just tweaking numbers and dials and stuff. The, right. Cause you those, want it to be fun, fun in the end. Yeah. 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 But again, even on normal, like it feels like it, it feels tense and taut and like, oh man, I'm constantly like trying to save ammo. Like I'm frantically trying to find like a pole to kinesis something with so I don't mm. have to waste bullets here. Uh, I, I need to get deeper in. Um, I'm still in chapter three, but I can't remember if you get more stop. I, I have to imagine you get more stopping power in that thing. Cause that's again, like I said last week, that's the reason this is so terrifying to me is they just get in your fucking face. Yeah, they do. And you can't, you can't really get them off of you. And I think that does get better as you get more stuff. I have read that you but, have to cut, cut off their limbs. Uh, oh, that's yes. okay. Yes. You might Where did you read beginning. that? It was oh. uh, written in blood on a wall. Yeah. Oh, you can't take that kind of thing seriously. <laughs> hey, pa- pass it on. <laughs> People lie on walls all the time. <laughs> Send this message to five friends. Make sure it's in blood. Uh, Dead Space currently out now. $60 or $70, depending on where you are playing. It's that good shit. It's that good Dead Space shit. Uh, let's move on here and talk about tape to tape. Yeah, so the Steam Next Fest is going on right now. Um, if you don't know what that is, that is a... 
I'm just going to call it a huge fucking dump of game demos. Um, and I don't mean that in a negative connotation at all. It is a it is a satisfying dump. It is a uh, a delightful dump. It is a, a big dump. A healthy dump. It is a it is a healthy engaging uh-huh. dump. A healthy engaging dump. Uh, so there are like a million demos out right now uh, over on Steam. If you want to go check out some some big releases coming up from the more from the indie space than anything else. But you know that's a pretty wide space these days. Um. And I've downloaded a whole bunch of them. I've only managed to get to one of them so far, but like, you know, there's there's a like I said, there is no shortage of variety out there. Yeah. But the one I have played is tape to tape, which is a roguelite hockey game. Gonna have to explain that one to me. Okay, so you know what hockey is. I am aware. You are friends with Jeff Bacalar, so you know what that means. Yeah, okay. I am aware of the hockey. So it has a like. There's a you can just play regular hockey games if you want, and the hockey itself has a real arcadey like. Eight, is it three on three, five on five. It's five on five, but it has okay. that real like NES, Super NES like style. Like it has basic checking and shooting and passing mechanics, but it's not doing anything more complicated than that. Okay. Um, is it three D? Is it like locked on a? How do I explain plane? the arts? It's, is it, it behind the back? It's like a cell shaded animation style the characters it's that's kind of like the modern you're looking slightly above but also slightly down angle fixed 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 horizontal yeah okay like blades of steel but the camera's a little higher or something yeah it's just it's that up and down hockey camera okay it's even like modern games now okay um but the characters they have a little bit of like a 2d look to them but i think they are 3d models all right and the campaign though which you only get to play chapter one in this demo but it is like you're a traveling hockey team. You create a character. You pick up new characters for your team over time. You start out with a bunch of scrubs on your squad. And then, like, if you encounter a new guy who will join your team, they will join your team. <laughs> okay, that's how it works, right? Uh, you play games against opponent teams. And then in between each big game, like, there is, like, a little random event of, hey, do you want to rest here and maybe train your team? Or do you want to go here and meet a guy who will maybe give you a special item? Uh, and those special items are things like, you know, hey, do you want to have more energy in the third period uh, toward the end of the game? Or do you want to have your team perform better when they're d- down on the scoreboard? Um, and the teams are all like, I mean, the characters are all just like little ridiculous caricatures like you would see in like an old non-licensed sports game from back in the day. Like, the, the final team you play against in the, the campaign chapter they showed is a team of referees who cheat. <laughs> Are they in ref shirts? Yes. That's great. I'm looking at a screenshot now. It's not it's not Blades of Steel. It's like it's like you said. It's more like NHL games. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that vertical layout. Okay. Yes. Is it How is the hockey playing? It's not bad. Like, it's not complicated. Okay. I think the AI is a little suspect in places, but... For the most part, the hockey feels good and feels like you can set up some pretty good wild plays in the, okay. the context of what they're doing. I'm mostly interested in it because the idea of indie sports is a thing that has existed for a while, but has not necessarily gained like huge amounts of traction because people just want to play the games that are based on the real life leagues for the most part. I feel like True. basketball has maybe had the best, the most inroads with some of that stuff, but. There have been indie football games. There hasn't really been a lot of indie hockey in in the last decade or so. Yeah, have there, have there been any like indie Tecmo Bowl likes? 
like that seems like the kind of thing that would be ripe for nostalgia. I mean, outside of nostalgia, outside of like Blood Bowl type stuff, there has been, I think, a couple of hey, we're the independent answer to something like Madden entries, but nothing that is just straight up like Techno Bowl style that I know of. There might be in places that I just haven't seen. Uh, but this this feels different enough that it isn't just like. Hey, here's the you know the better version of like the EA NHL stuff. Like this is kind of doing its own thing, but I kind of like what that thing is. Mm. More more genre mashups, man. Totally. It's like like we have character action and rhythm. We have hockey game, but a roguelike. Like, like just cram cram some more unexpected shit together and see how it works. I mean, the thing it reminds me of, not narratively, um, because it's not really doing that, but it, at least in terms of kind of the structure of it, it kind of reminds me of my favorite supergiant game, Pyre. Okay, I Man, like Pyre. Pyre. Man, Pyre is like my supergiant game of shame. Transistor <laughs> of, really is mine. I really should have played. See, I love Transistor and played the hell out of that, but Pyre. Pyre, I thought was fascinating and like I respected it a lot, but I just I didn't get through it for some reason. It's not a crowd pleaser the way that like Bastion and Hades were. Like I think it I is so much more specific to the thing they want to do with it. But I really jived with that. I yeah. feel like that speaks volumes to basically some of our different tastes in games. Where I feel like Transistor was a mechanics first game. It's, yeah. Yes, and 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 even more to the point, like Transistor very clearly made by people who have made RTSs before, yes. which they all have, and yeah. like. People and people who have played a lot of Dota, which they all have. Yeah, I was yeah, like, I was shocked how good the orb sports were Empire. Uh, I I know some people like that was the wall was they did not really get into the actual gameplay part of it that much. I get it, but like I think between the narrative and sort of like the surprisingly enjoyable mechanics of orb dunking, uh, I I had a blast with that thing. I also enjoyed Pyre, but also didn't get into Transistor uh, as yeah. deeply as I thought I was going to. I finished but, uh, Transistor. I just didn't love it as much as the other ones. Transistor also, I don't know if I want to say it's maybe the Dark Horse candidate for best Supergiant soundtrack. Ooh, interesting. I would hear that maybe? argument. I would absolutely maybe. hear that argument. I think I think Hades gives it a real run. I liked Pyre soundtrack, though that wasn't necessarily its standout element for me. I still like Bastion. I think Bastion a- might actually still be my favorite. Yeah. I mean, Bastion is the go-to answer for sure, but the more I have listened to Transistor over time, the more I'm like, hmm. It's really good. The soundtrack is really, really good. I do, It's just one of those things I feel bad when I feel like now when a super giant game comes out, you, you gotta you gotta look out. You gotta other, rank them. But, well, you, well, you got to look out other uh, music categories because they genuinely have a pretty Darren Core pretty solid rarely misses ratio. is what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah. Yes, yes. At least at the very least, there's going to be a track on there that's going to be like this is going to put it in the. Room. I promise I'm not saying that just because I'm in the same rock band group with him. Rock band group. They have those like uh, what is it? Um, I, I forget what they're called, but they're like you know you can be part of a team that okay. takes on the challenges week after week. There's like. There's like four of us in that group. Just want to clarify that not necessarily a rock band group, no, 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 a no. rock band group. I don't play that game multiplayer hardly at all. It's just that we are in the same like you know team that that tackles the challenges together each week. Love it, Love clan, it. clan, yeah, yeah, that kind of clan. Thing. Okay, um, that feels like language that'll go away. <laughs> like that's yes. a, that's probably a term that will be not used in in the future. Yes, yeah, so I'm going to say the days of the clan are hopefully in their <laughs> waning days. <It's, laughs> uh 
tape to tape. Mm, I don't know. Maybe t- somebody needs to let FaZe Clan know then. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I feel like this is one of those things where like, oh, remember when they used to call them clan tags? <laughs> like be like, oh, right. I yes, mean, at least it wasn't with a K. Yeah. <laughs> Right, right. Mortal Kombat never got too deep no. into it. That, that, thank goodness. Yeah. Um, tape to tape, uh, in demo form now. Yes, it is one of the many, many Steam Fest demos. More of which I will play this week. But uh, yeah, I think if you like hockey, check that one out. Yeah, Steam Next Fest is is awesome from a uh, the end user standpoint. I wonder how developers feel about it because hmm. it's so many goddamn demos. Yeah, it's hard and to it stand seems out. So easy to get buried in there. I was like, only recently still um, deleting demos I had from last one that were still installed mm-hmm. on my machine. Yeah, like kind of taking a detour from your development cycle to make a demo if that wasn't otherwise in the cards. And then if that doesn't pay off, I could see that maybe being kind of rough. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, it seems like a real crapshoot. What's what what rises to the top or not? I'm just clicking and clicking. I mean, they're... It's- are dozens of demos here, if not a couple hundred. I don't know, man. This is a lot. They should really extend it out, I think, at this point to a month. It's just I mean oh, some I of agree. these some of these demos go past. They don't expire on a lot of them. They're just they're just promoted during Next Fest. Yeah. There are definitely demos that went past this week. So um I don't know if it's clear which ones will and will not, but I remember after after Next Fest I was still playing demos after it's not like they expired. Yeah. Um uh, I so I, should, I, I might I might just extend what I was saying a little bit. Like when you go to the next fast page, the the three default sorts for browse demos are popular, most wishlisted, and most daily active players. And so yeah. like all three of those are just snowball effect of the stuff that catches on early is the stuff that's pretty much just going to sit at the top of those lists. Though when yeah. I click on daily active demo players, no matches are. Found yeah, that one seems to be broken <laughs> at the moment. So. Uh, uh, but uh, but on the left on the left you can narrow by right you can, yeah you, you can you can by. go out of your way to yeah. to filter by your preferences but a lot of people a lot of people mm-hmm. are just going to look at these most popular lists yeah yeah yep yep um a lot of stuff yeah a lot of stuff in there uh, you guys are going to check some of that stuff out on Thursday right I believe that is the plan yes yes yeah okay. I will probably be playing some of those demos for the first time on there but uh you know cool. as good as reason as any. Yeah, yeah, so people can tune in if they want to check out um, some Next Lender curated. Alex, you're going to pull up a bunch and try and get in yeah. there for some on Thursday. So check that out this coming Thursday. Moving on to a game I think we've all spent some time in Hitman Freelancer Mode. I have a helicopter now, I own a helicopter. It's so ridiculous that you just unlock things to get to missions. Like, just kind of cosmetically? Well, I think it might actually unlock some of the exits in those maps. Wait, huh. what? Like the helipad, like in Paris and stuff. You're a liar. Oh, no, I've, I'd swear I've taken the helipad out of Paris at a very Maybe you can level. do that, and maybe do it anyway, but I, I feel like once I got the boat from the dock outside, I was able to use, <laughs> on Haven Island, I was able to use the boat exit. Uh, the possible. little The little, like, uh, motorboat thing. I mean, are they pretty much tying some mechanical benefit to every unlock in that house? Like, not always. Sometimes it's literally get. just like, hey, there's a newspaper in here you can use as a weapon if you want. Well, that's what I mean. Like, yeah. at, at a minimum, there's like a new item in there that you can grab before every mission or something like that. There are also just pure aesthetics that you like can the unlock. motivational posters. I don't think yeah. do. Yeah. I mean, they make them feel good. I mean, those those are your, their own reward. But, Absolutely. Uh, 
Yeah, like as you unlock rooms, as you redecorate rooms, I think also you might get some items. Like if a be- if you have boxes there and then change it into a bench, you might have a thing. All I know is I grab that wrench from the garage all the time. The the wrench comes with me on every mission. Mine's a grape knife. I haven't gotten that yet. That's the gr- that's the garage. That's oh, the outdoor- no, 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 that's, that's outside. Uh, yeah, once yeah. you get the shed, and I know okay. you want that shed. I want that shed. I want that shed. Uh, I my bummer, uh, not bummer. I like the mode a lot. Uh, my pet peeve with it is. I almost wish you could just say, start me with the grape knife so I don't have to go run to go get it every time. Yes. You know? Even if there's like a little could... table downstairs next to the missions <laughs> that's like, here are three items you can lock down as like, this yeah. will always be on this table. Yeah. That would be great. I mean, it's nice because there's an exit usually where, like there's an exit in the garage. I mm-hmm. think there's the exit by the shed. So once you get the item, you can get out. But having to do the kind of run of the house before the mission. Yes. Um, it's so, only it's usually only before the first mission. But I mean, again, my, my complaints with that mode are all little things like that, like little tweaks and balances and, and things like that. But I, by and large, this is the thing I've been playing <laughs> and I kind of can't stop. I've been playing a lot of it as well. I, um, I had to stop. You had to stop. You were forced. I Work made my, you stop. I locked my save up behind a stream. You did that it. I, that I now can't touch until next week. Um, it's it's hard. Yes. I'm getting better at Hitman. Oh, um, me too, dude. Yeah. it's It forces you to get better. I've watched now also some like tips videos for that mode. Mm-hmm. Um, because there are, there are a couple of, aside from those specific mechanics that are in this freelancer mode in terms of the rogue elements, there are certain things about levels that I think could help you out. Like there's a silenced pistol buried at a certain level. There's some, there are some weapons that you can get to really help out in the early runs. If you want to take the time and structure the maps you're going to be on. In a way, you know, like you can pick the the assignments. So yeah. if you're like, okay, I'm going to be on Ambrose Island. There's a silenced pistol here. If I go get it on my first run, I could have that for the remainder of the games. Or the assassins have them. Stuff like that. Because it's um, it's gnarly out there. Yeah. It's, it's, there's not a lot of room for messing up. But you know what? I, I, it, the thing this mode has made me better at is relying on guns way, way less. Like, I never bring a gun unless there is a very specific objective that is mm-hmm. like, sniper kill three people, and I know I can do it on the map without, like, sparking too much bullshit off. Right. I am now so much more adept at finding weapons on a map, but also just knowing that if I happen to stumble upon my target or whatever... And I just need to get them alone. I can just throw that motherfucking grape knife and get the fuck out of there. And like that kind of like just sort of like, you know, thinking on your feet, having mm. random objects that and figuring out how to use them that are not just like shoot this guy in the head. Yeah, that has always been kind of my Achilles heel in these games. And now I'm getting a lot better at that stuff. I think my biggest my biggest knowledge base um, increments has been on the different states of compromised, hostile, trespassing. Yes, and and what that what that really means in terms of recovery. 
right? Like, oh, okay, you're trespassing. If I just wait here, somebody will escort me back out Mm -hmm. and we'll be fine. Or that person might escort me back out in a way that puts them isolated and I can kill them. So they might walk, escort me out and be like, oh, great. You're going to escort me out and I could just kill you while you're escorting me out. Good night, Irene. You're not coming back. Or being hostile, going to compromise and being like, it's not game over. I'm mm-hmm. compromised in this certain situation because the limiters on the that I tried to go for for the XP boost will be like, you know, Brad, we saw this during your stream, you know, only change outfits once, right? And normally when I'm compromised, I'll be like, well, I got to go change yeah. an outfit, but I don't want to break this thing. So I have to work within the constraints now. And what does that mean? And it's giving me a better understanding of how the game treats all of those states uh, and what those mean. The, the the whole being selectively compromised with only a few people thing is something I have never wanted to engage with in that game because yeah. it's I don't want the fuzzy guesswork later if things if shit hits the fan of like trying to figure out who knows who I am and who doesn't you know yeah yes definitely like the second I would be compromised I'd be like fuck it that that disguise is burned I don't care if it's two people that know who I am I don't want to I don't want to try to remember which two people or you you know what I mean it's yes like it's better to just go get another disguise because who cares. Definitely. But in this, but this, yeah, like they totally railroad you into like really engaging with the mechanics. Like it's, it's cool. It's cool. And you know, it's introducing me to places on these big maps that I've somehow never been to before. There are just areas of these maps that I'm like, how have I never seen this entire zone and whatever is going on here? I, I like it. I, do I wish it were less punishing? maybe or i wish i were better at hitman i don't know i can't tell which one it's um there are still certain maps that i don't look forward to playing but Mm -hmm. i i gotta tell you baby fuck (laughs) that map i gotta tell you i really i get a little bit of a thrill when they start you in a hot zone and you're like all right gotta figure a way out of it i could and it's like you know when you start in a hot zone and it's also like do not change disguises at all and you're like right what are you talking about how are you supposed to do this and and those are kind of fun little things because unless it's way later on uh after anything after the first for me right now because i'm still early on the first um syndicate takedown then it becomes much more serious anything before that i'll whatever it's fine it's fine but after that then it's like oh man then it's on in a game that has let you save scum to date, like the pressure of potentially losing hours and hours of progress, it's, all hinging on like one scenario is is like pretty unique in that game. It's kind of wild. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, I've gotten used to playing alerted zones. That's not really that big a thing now. But if you blow it on the syndicate level, you're done. Like, that's it. Yeah. You, uh, you've got on the showdown, I think they call it the showdown level. Like, you're done. Um. It's made me more patient, you know? Yeah. Does the progression track show everything in there? Can you just see like what the very final unlock is? Do they, I'm pretty sure I know a good amount of that stuff is in there. I I was like trying to find if anybody has just delineated on the internet. Like here's everything you get at the end of that thing. Cause I'm, I'm just really curious what the, the final, final end game of freelancer looks like. I don't think there was any, it's like you're talking about that battle pass like track, right? Yeah. The, just all the, the all mastery the unlocks, tracks. Yeah. Or, or even if there are other mission types or modes that unlock or anything like that. I just wonder like, what does, what does maxing out freelancer look like? I wonder. So there's hardcore mode, which is right. Which is like, I think oh, you right, have you to can, take the extra objective and you have to beat man, it in order to get credit crazy. for the, um, 
in addition to everything being harder. Yeah. I think what, hardcore to. mode seems legitimately like <laughs> fuck you mode. Like it <laughs> yeah, is that, very that's... much like not intended for anyone other than people who have done this for tens and it's, if not hundreds of hours. Like it is absolutely the if if you suit only silent assassin every level already, this is the mode for you. You can do that at the beginning, right? Like can't you just turn on hardcore mode? I don't think you can. I think mm. I I think it might be locked out until you finish a um a whole run. Uh, at huh. least I think it is because I think it, it's one of those grayed out ones when you go to the it is the, the thing. Um, there's also all the little achievements like hey get 500 syndicate kills and get the golden duck or whatever. All those little um, you know like at the end of a mission it has all those tiles that mm-hmm. load in. Uh, to you know you can try and go for all of those things as well. Which good luck, you know. You remember when you were doing it and one wasn't loading? It was a question mark. Yes, uh, yeah. right. Yeah, all those little tiles that, that load in, which I, I looked through a bunch of those as well and was like, oh my gosh, those seem, some of those seem like a lot. Um, I, my thing still, because I have a collection bug and sickness in me, is I want to fill up that tools briefcase and I want it to stay full. Yes. That's, I understand yeah. having those things at the start of every mission would break the difficulty, but I at least at least put a one behind glass or something that I can't touch that just says it's, I got the item. It's kind of crazy when you put it like that, that they made this massive display case and there's no way to permanently fill it because just the, the psychological satisfaction of looking at that case yes. completely full. I, like that would be the thing to work toward if you could. I'm probably going to buy those two like skin packs of items that are on the left side of the display pa- case. Because, oh wow! Because I don't think you can get those items unless you buy that DLC skin pack for those two sets of items. They're like whatever it is, like street items or broken items. I think the ones like you know you can't get the rusty broken katana unless right. you bought that skin yeah. pack. And I'm like, what am I going to do? I'm going to fill up this case and not have those things there? Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I, you know, the gun, to be clear, the guns do stay. Like, there is stuff that stays, but it's that that case of, like, the, 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 the fucking case. hardcore tools. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the, the dark gun and sedative vial and, like, the, the real assassin shit. Yep. Just being empty all the time is just kind of painful. Yeah, but what are you going to do? You're going to start every mission with, like, five rubber ducks? Like, Yes. <laughs> Well, I, I mean, I th- if you if you earned them, yes. Like, I think if you did the work to save them and yeah. built them up, then yeah, I think I think <laughs> there's an argument for that being allowed. But I would take a compromise and just say, like, just give me a you got this thing once and put it in the put it in the showcase, and I can't take it in again. I just want to. I I hate empty foam keep cut cases. Like yeah, it, it really it. bugs me. I get it. I mean, you know, they already have the filtering mechanism in there of only items with rarity come out of missions, right. so they can yes. already they can already make it where like explosive ducks with rarity are rare. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. yes. It's like already they could limit like how many chances you'd have to fill that thing up. But anyway, I saw I watched somebody playing who had it pretty much full by about three quarters through their um, their run. And I was like, oh, maybe it's not as hard to fill that thing up as I think, um, given the item you get for every start of a mission you know you you get that and you get the special uh showdown item if you beat the showdown so maybe it's not as hard but i don't know it seems tough it's it's another thing to worry about as i I struggle to even make it up to the second showdown uh that is out now of course and um the other thing i just hope comes at some point is a unified 
uh, cross save system for Hitman someday, please. I would like to be able to play that on my PlayStation version I have and carry over my progress on all versions because I own that game on like three different places, but I'm never going to play the other ones because why would I play it if my progress doesn't carry over? It would be nice. I, I, this, this reads to me like they're done. Like, in, terms, in terms in terms of development resources, this absolutely feels like. Wasn't there one more map? No, no. I think that done. was that was the the Ambrose Island one. They are super done with that stuff. Oh, was that the map? I think okay. that was the map. Okay, that was the last one we got. I thought there yeah. was one other one. Okay. I think I think this mode is kind of. I, I even feel fortunate that we got this. I thought they were just kind of done after that last map and the Seven Deadly Sins stuff. Like it seems like they might like, do some tweaks to this mode at some point, but that's it. Like it's yeah. not like they're going to add a whole new suite of content for it. I th- yeah, I think they're just busy with Bond and whatever else they've got going on at this point. Like think- this is this is a pretty like amazing swan song for this trilogy. If that's how it ends up, though, I agree. Do you think um, who's Bond? Is it M- is MGM still around? Oh yes, MGM is okay. now owned by Amazon. Okay, is that is that Bond? Yes. Yeah. Um, you think they would let them sneak in any Hitman stuff into a, a poster or like a reference to like Bond saying like Agent Forty Seven uh, or like somebody mm. you know somebody being like who's on the case? Uh, you know, double like, whatever. I like where you're going with this. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. The Bond people seem pretty precious about the sanctity of Bond. All right. Well, I like your idea, though. If if IO can sneak something in in the background, that'd be pretty fun. Of like, uh, don't worry, uh, uh, zero agent agents. We sent forty seven off on that case. You can go worry about this thing uh, or something. I I could see something super subtle in there. Yeah, I mean, they all have numbers, right? So true. Forty seven wouldn't be that out of place. A man with a barcode on his neck was seen <laughs> fleeing. <laughs> That's right. He's the master of disguise. Don't worry. don't worry. That said, they will definitely find a way to get Diana into that Bond okay. game. Okay. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Okay. She's basically M or Q already, right? Greetings, 007. Yeah. Totally. Like. Okay. How about this? Is Agent Forty Seven a foil, a nemesis for Bond? Is Agent Forty Seven a good Bond villain? Oh, he'd be the worst. He'd just, he would destroy all of uh, the Majesty's Secret Service. Yeah, he'd, he'd sneak in as Bond. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I, don't, I think he would wreck shop. It's nobody, too much. Nobody would be able to tell the difference. Like, what weird, Bond is bald all of a sudden. <laughs> I, but he, you look a little different, James. Just the spitting image. Mm-hmm. Was it the ICA? Is that the, um, yeah. the assassins? Yeah, but where did... I can't remember where they left that stuff or the ICA, the bad guys now, or do they, there was good. They flip good again. I can't remember some born identity style. I'm not sure any of that really matters. No, no. Uh, all right. Hitman freelancer mode. I'm sure you'll hear more about it in the future. I'm not done yet. I don't know. I'm so far away from completing a full, full thing. It, it feels out of reach right now, but I am, I am able to complete, um, the first showdown kind of sleepwalking through it at this point. I am getting better to not stress about getting through the first showdown. It's just things pick up after that. Uh, the game I keep picking up and going back to is Forspoken. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I've unlocked enough abilities and traversal stuff to make the combat and the traversal um, 
to take away some of the tedium I was having with, mm-hmm. with those aspects. I'm not going to say I'm fully hooked on everything that's in it, but I want to see what happens in that world. So I am being very selective. This is a very against my nature, very selective in all the side stuff I do and kind of just making sure I am powerful enough to meet the, the next big story challenge. That is 100% on. the way to play that game because none of that side stuff is interesting from what I found. Yeah. Like the, I go for the stat boosts and I don't go for the gear. So I yeah. go for like, Hey, plus five to defense and attack power and all this stuff. Yes. And then I kind of burn through most of the gear stuff. And I'm like, I'm pretty good here. So I will probably finish that game. I hope I, I don't really, you guys had mentioned maybe it wasn't as long as I thought last time. So like 15, 20 hours is what it said. I think I'm closing in on that time, but I have only switched gears fairly recently to not try to collect everything because I, j- I really just got burned out and bored of it. It's yeah, p- pretty. <clears throat> also, I find the, I find the, uh, let's call it minute to minute writing much less interesting than the grand scope story. Like, uh, the dialogue and the interactions I find still, I don't know, something clunky about it or, uh, it's like hard to describe, but th- I am interested in the world building of, of that, of that place. Uh, so I'm interested to see what happens there. That's for spoken mm-hmm. boy. There are games. There's uh, like I said, I got a backlog of stuff here that, uh, I need to, I need to get going finish up for 2023 already i mean it seems like we got a little bit of a break now uh for releases for a little bit but uh, yeah. not, not too long march is coming so the rest the rest of this month is fairly thin yeah finish finish the survival horror remake trifecta next month with resident evil 4 yeah pretty exciting also i just looked at the just to close the loop on the steam next fest, next fest stuff if you finish all those games, there are 837 demos in the Steam Next Fest. That is a oh lot. Oh my. Eight, eight, unless, uh, yes, okay, that seems right. That's, it says in the in the search, in the, the just flat search with nothing filtered, 837 matches. So I, I want to just make a point here for people listening who might be more aware than than we are, but that I think that's demos that are at least don't have to be new release demos. They could just be demos that are circulating that want yeah. to participate. That could, that could be just demos that existed already and were yeah. available, got looped into that as well. Yeah. But, so I, I don't think that's all new stuff or stuff that you can't buy yet, uh, like preview builds, but, um, but it's certainly a lot of stuff. Yeah. Scrolling. I mean, scrolling way, way, way down this list of the top games. They're all kind of early 2023 so far. Mm. So there's a lot of upcoming yeah. stuff here. Enough to keep you busy. Um, uh, Xbox has a, a thing in the summer, right? For demos, they do that uh, like regularly, or does that just happen once in a while? I think they did it again last year. I think okay. was that in conjunction with Summer Games Fest. I forget. I thought maybe it was like um, they they did, and those seemed more timed than let's say the um, PC stuff. Yes, they did do that last year. Okay. Right around right around that time. What did I say? Is that where we first played Spider Hack? Possibly. That, P- that sounds um, right. Um, yes, that was, in fact, on this list. Uh, we'll check all that stuff out. Certainly, we'll keep you busy. Mm-hmm. We're going to take a quick break here. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about the news, so stick around. 
This week's show is brought to you by Bespoke Post. Alex Navarro, you know I love packages. I mean, I get them all the time. It's always an exciting time when a box arrives at your door. It is always an exciting time. Sometimes they open that box and it's from Bespoke Post. And inside that box, like this week, is a knife. It's a, a, you know, a thing I can use when I need to cut things. I think this one, I, this, I've i gotten more than a few knives from Bespoke Post. Are you trying this- to say that when you get a knife, the thing you need to do with a knife is knife? <laughs> I might have gotten around to say that in a shorter way. I, yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, this one was uh, specifically a uh, fishing knife, which means it's got uh, all the things you need to fillet a fish, let's say, or, or field dress a fish. Bespoke Post puts together a box of awesome. And the things inside that box range from whiskey glasses, which I've gotten. I've gotten uh, incense things that I still have and use in my bathroom. Uh, and sometimes, occasionally, a knife uh, that will go inside a kit that is themed because, Alex Navarro, you take a quiz at boxofawesome.com. Your answers will help them pick the right Box of Awesome for you. They release new boxes every month across a ton of different categories, and each box is valued at around $70, but you're only going to pay a fraction of that price. This is one of my favorite parts, Alex. With each Box of Awesome, you're supporting small businesses. 90% of everything that comes in your Box of Awesome is from a small up-and-coming brand it's free to sign up and you can skip a month or cancel at any time to get 20 percent off your first monthly box sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter the code nextlander at checkout that's boxofawesome.com code nextlander for 20 percent off your first box boxofawesome.com code nextlander Thanks, Bespoke Post. We are back, and it is time to go through this week's news. Sometimes we read the news. Sometimes we make the news. No, hopefully we're not. Uh, nope, nope, nope. Don't worry. What did we do? <laughs> nope, nothing. Nothing, nothing. Brad Shoemaker, you've gone through and plucked some of the biggest, hottest news items out there in the gaming industry world. Hmm. Biggest, hottest? Biggest, hottest. That's what I'm saying. Let's look at lo- look out lofty promise here but uh Where do you, you want to start with this 360 store story sure what sure you, how take, would you feel if the xbox 360 marketplace went away forever entirely I'd very bummed very sad i would be super fucking bummed like way out of proportion to its importance i think mm, it's I mean, probably I, the biggest one for me it's a very special marketplace yeah, it's pretty special <laughs> It is pretty good. Like um, it's kind of the one, right? Like the, yeah. the yes. progenitor so, marketplace of its era. PS three, PS three era, PSN definitely has some exclusives on there that are also noteworthy. Um, but God, oh well, Journey has been released on everything. So anyway, the reason I say that is like you know we've seen this happen. You know, like the Wii, mm-hmm. the Wii shop, the Wii e shop is gone. Right? Like I don't mm-hmm. want to. I don't want to be like only the Xbox mattered or whatever because this has happened before. But for some reason, this one hits different. Um, basically got a couple of trial balloons here to cover. The first of which is that, well, okay, maybe it's tr- You tell me if you think this is a trial balloon or not. Okay. A support page went up uh, in Xbox support, which Microsoft now claims was an error. Mm-hmm. Saying... 
that. Okay, let me just try to find the actual language here. I, so there's a screenshot floating because this, this is gone. This the support page disappeared. So there's a screenshot floating around. Okay, here's the the, the full language. We will be closing the Xbox 360 marketplace over the next year, so we encourage you to purchase any 360 games or DLC by May 2023. Seems pretty explicit to me. Which is in three months. <laughs> Seems pretty um, uh, pretty straightforward. They're closing the, the 360 marketplace. Yeah, so this happened directly in the wake of them delisting a few games last week, which we didn't cover because like that happens a lot. It didn't seem super noteworthy. But they did delist. This was like last Monday, I think. Um... There's some stuff on here, like Assassin's Creed Brotherhood 3 and 4, Blue Dragon, Call of Duty Advanced Warfare, Cloning Clyde, <laughs> Dark Souls. Oh. Uh, Brad Muir's Iron Brigade. Uh-huh. Uh, Jet Set Radio, Left 4 Dead 1 and 2, Limbo, Mass Effect 2, Spelunky. Mm-hmm. Um, some other stuff. Orange Box. Like, basically, some games of note got delisted from the 360 marketplace, meaning you can no longer buy them as of last week. And then this support page appeared out of nowhere, directly mm-hmm. on the heels of that, and people were like, huh, huh. It's all going down, man. Um, and that support page has now come down, and... It's all coming down, <laughs> man. Microsoft says... The message was posted an error, and we can confirm the Xbox 360 marketplace will not close in May 2023. Then they say, as a reminder, beginning on... Oh, I'm sorry, the announcement was last week. The actual delisting was yesterday at the time Mm. of this recording. Okay. Uh, So those games I just mentioned and some others went down as of yesterday, but yeah, there's basically, as a reminder, beginning on February 7th, a limited set of games, add-ons, and in-game content will no longer be purchasable. But like... Mm. You don't make a a fake page. They say it was... They say it was an error. Uh, I don't know about that. So it not be the first time that somebody has <laughs> gestured towards shutting down a storefront and then backpedaled like Sony did that with PS3. So the weird thing was, as far as I can tell, and correct me if I'm wrong, this was this was discovered from us. It showed up in a search, right? It it didn't. It wasn't like promoted. It's like Wario 64 found it because it showed up on the search results from um, yeah different so it was like tucked away yeah. showed got kind of locked pulled into their search thing which really sounds like they have this page prepped to push out and it it stumbled into their search and this is not fake it seems it seems telling and maybe they're adjusting plans based on outcry or whatever but i don't know man in my mind that thing was never going anywhere ever like I know the Xbox 360 is the like original online marketplace of record. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what I mean. Yes, it's literally like where downloadable games like became defined, right? Yes. yes. Well, no, but yes, for consoles for sure. But like you know, it's it's the thing that puts you know the Xbox Live Arcade. It's the it's that's what it is. Yeah. Uh, yes. Geometry Wars. Geometry Wars was mm-hmm. a launch game for the 360. Uh, digital only. I don't think they put out a physical release of that, did they? <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's the first real big online marketplace yeah. that really took hold. And well, that for, is, con- that for is consoles, like I mean, for consoles. Yeah, yeah. I, to be, I can't think of anybody that was selling entire whole ass games prior to that on a marketplace. I, I do think that might have been the first one where it really took hold. Yeah, like the original Xbox 
had some sort of add-ons? How did they handle that stuff? I don't remember. I didn't. I never had Xbox Live for the first Xbox. The original Xbox was weird because I don't think they ever did, or if they did, they didn't do it until much later. There really wasn't much content you could get through that. It was more of just the online services. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you could get to a storefront in there because I I remember there was one. There was that one Xbox WrestleMania game where they shipped the online completely broken. And it was a whole to-do to figure out how to get a patch to that Xbox game where the code they had sent out was broken. Like, that stuff, that infrastructure just was not built in into that yeah. system. I want to yeah. say at the best you had games that had their own marketplace within the game, and you yeah. could maybe connect through the game, but not a unified OS-level marketplace. But even then, I don't think DLC had really come to consoles no. by then. That was really the 360 era. That was like Oblivion Horse That's Armor Horse shit. Armor, yeah. 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 Right, yeah. So anyway, I'm yeah. with you, Brad. It's, it feels like, you know, I know the... the um, it rattles a little bit seeing that this this is not I mean, we've known this, we've talked about this. You guys especially have Alex, you have This will happen eventually, yeah, no matter what. You, yeah. you you know, you are the you are the kind of harbinger of uh of, of I am ephem- the keeper ephemeral. of the DLC library. <laughs> or mean, of the, the ephemeral digital goods. Like the one thing I would say there is like the only the only thing that blurs the lines here is that Microsoft is still supporting like this whole continuum of Xbox, right? Yes. Like kind of from the original to now, like all four Xbox platforms are kind of kind of one thing. I mean, obviously there's a bunch of holes in backwards compatibility and stuff That's like the that. Thing. They're doing like, as best they can. Right. But like there's been a there's been a sense that the whole continuum of Xbox content would kind of just be around. So that's the one thing that makes it feel really weird to think like, oh, wow, you might not be able to buy a bunch of XBLA games very soon. I have to imagine I'm no engineer, nor am I a lawyer or the many things that are probably involved in this. But, you know, at some point you want to move code, file storage, uh, method of transport, um, <laughs> legally get rid of stuff. You want to move on, right? And yes. su- supporting that pr- becomes a lot of trouble to always back be backwards compatible with those stores because you're not sending down patches for the Xbox 360 no. anymore. But, so but, I, but I will say on the engineering side of things, the thing I've always been told is that while there obviously are key differences from Xbox platform to Xbox platform, it's not the nightmare that PlayStation okay. made for themselves. <laughs> well, fair enough. With that, the PS3 <laughs> stuff and yeah. like, you know, all the for, like trying to forward yeah. compatible that stuff. Like usernames and all that stuff. That always seemed like a much more chintzy infrastructure from those early days for them than it did 360. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It seemed like they were more forward thinking on the on the Xbox side. More so, at least. Yeah, Yeah. more so. You know, if if and when this comes to pass, I mean, like a bunch of these 360 games are now backwards compatible, and those seem to have gotten packaged up and put for put on for sale on like the modern marketplace. Yeah. So like. Even when "quote unquote" the 360 marketplace is gone, like a bunch of those games may still be available in the newer interface, but not all of them. Like, definitely not all of them. Still want to be able to boot up the blades and connect. Wither cloning Clyde. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, uh, just looking, just looking at this list here. You can't buy Daytona USA anymore. Somebody Final, will sell you Daytona. Final Fight Double Impact. Daytona. Boy. Is N plus. Remember N plus. Somebody will host their own instance of the Microsoft store. And then uh, you got you to know someone to get in, man. I Gosh, I really didn't follow up on it. I saw some people talking a couple days ago about um, Zinnia, the 360 emulator, which 
as far as I understand, doesn't work super well yet. Mm-hmm. Being packaged up as a UWP app so you can run it on a Series X oh, wow. in, devel- in developer mode or whatever. Oh, wow. Or maybe not even developer mode. I think you could probably just put it on the storefront and download it. Huh. <laughs> like the idea of running a homebrew 360 emulator on your new Xbox rather than engaging with their backwards <laughs> compatible stuff is like bizarre. It's a very funny concept. But, but somebody's going to get there. I mean, it, like I said, I think it like hardly runs games at the moment, but well, we, life, it, life, life will find a way. Um, it always does. When I'm not even going to say if, when that 360 store has an official announcement, we'll be sure to check back in. And just a quick reminder: the Wii U and 3DS stuff is coming down this March, right? End of this March. Yes. So I'd forgotten about that. So heads I think up I think we're I think we passed the point already, right? Where you could like buy more currency. I think. Uh, yeah, I don't think you can put money into the system. No, I think you can only download your your business. So, heads up. Uh, End of uh, an era. Speaking of Nintendo stores, Brad Shoemaker, you've got another story here concerning the sale of a certain game. Yeah, this happened this morning. Um, There's a Nintendo Direct later today. There is. Uh, Nintendo doesn't have a lot of stuff on the books at this point. There's a limited number of things about which that could be. Mm Mm-hmm. And one of them being the new Zelda. Yeah, seems, uh, that seems fair. A product page for which went live briefly this morning with a price of sixty nine ninety nine, which I think is a first for Nintendo first party on the Switch. It is, though I think there's been some walk back of that. Oh, as there, so as, since already? Already? I haven't. I haven't been able. I, as of like two hours ago. Uh, they they pulled the page down, but didn't Nintendo yeah. put out a statement or something? No, I don't think there's been a statement, okay. but I think it's it's up in the air as to whether that is at the actual price or someone oh, yeah, may yeah, have yeah, just yeah. thrown that in there because they think that's what new all the new video games cost. Yes, to to, to be clear, uh, to be clear, that is not official as of now. But yeah. they but they did, they Nintendo did put up a a a listing at sixty nine ninety nine briefly this morning. Um. But that that did cause, according to this story on Eurogamer, the uh, it did cause some U.S. retailers to take down their pre-orders, right? On like for yes. six, the fifty nine ninety nine pre-orders to stop people from locking in, well, potentially locking in a sixty dollar price. Yes. Uh, so somebody is there is confusion in the marketplace. Yes, people. Let's say there are opinions about the idea that this might be seventy dollars, <sighs> considering yeah. that most Switch games are not. At the same time, I 100% believe it. Like, yeah. I, I will be shocked if this does not go on sale at $70. Yeah. Like, I, I kind of get it. I kind of get it. It's extremely godded. They should it's not now, do it, but I bet they now, will it's, do it. It's, it's now six-year-old hardware. It just hit me mm-hmm. in the matter of about three, three weeks or a month. The Switch is going to be six years old. So, like, on one level, I get it. But also everything is seventy dollars now. Like, of course they're going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, do I want to pay more for my video games? No. But also, do we live in a in an economy in a world where everything is more money and you know, um, you know, game prices are going to move too? Yes. That's just kind of development is more expensive. Labor is should be more expensive. Uh, you know, hopefully, you know, people are paying people more, and we'll get to that in a second with more Nintendo stuff. But you know, it's. The cost of goods has gone up as well. So, but I listen as a consumer. Do I want to pay ten dollars more? No. But if it means that we can, if if 
it's always a loaded thing to say, right? Because does this money go back into paying employees? I don't know. Does it go into a, a coffer? Well, the, the answer may surprise you. Yeah, yeah right, right. We'll get to that for, in a second. But like once, um, uh, but yeah. Uh, on the Nintendo Direct, we that's happening today as of the time of this recording. We can't make it. I've got personal stuff I need to go to. So if you're listening to this after that comes out um, and they announce that this is $60 and this whole conversation is moot, uh, but uh, that even being said, I would not be surprised if we see a $70 first-party Switch game in the near future. No, not hardly. It, it, even yeah. if it's not this. This is probably the last and only one, if I had to guess. I mean, who knows? Who who the fuck knows when a new Switch is coming out at this point? It could be another decade Yeah. for all I know. But I would assume they would not try this with everything they've got left for the Switch at this point. Eh, it's Metroid Prime 4, $70. I could see it. I could see actually. it. I could see it. If assuming that game actually exists, which I think is an open question, they did put up a pre-order page for that game and also pull that one down. So oh, was, it, was it seventy dollars? I don't know if I saw what the price was, but there was definitely a pre-order page up on Amazon for Metroid Prime Four recently. Just play buy all your Nintendo games on the PC. They'll be sixty dollars there. Whoa, yeah. whoa, fifty nine ninety nine forever. Um. Uh- yeah, I mean, you know, they obviously they would have gotten significantly less blowback if they waited for a new Switch to do this, assuming yeah. they're doing this, and just said, hey, Switch 2, games are 70 bucks now. People would be like, yeah, okay, fine. Yeah. Sure. That's in keeping but, with the, the style of the time. Uh, especially this game looking very much like more Breath of the Wild. Well. I, could see, I can see it rankling some people, that it's like, hey, this is kind of another one of those on the same platform. What are you doing? Brad, if you were going to, say, have to do a $10 price hike or felt it was necessary to do a $10 price hike on a beloved franchise and game system, you'd probably want to announce some other news that feels like that money is going to uh, support the developers and people you love, right? That would be nice. That'd be nice. That that would would be be ideal. ideal. That'd be ideal. But come on. Come on. When (laughs) would that ever happen? No, Nintendo is laying off 20% of its staff. Uh Brad, what is this piece of news that has come amidst industry-wide layoffs in the gaming space, tech space? What is How is Nintendo shaking things up again? Nintendo is instituting 10% pay raises for its employees, uh, despite lower-than-expected earnings, just like everybody. Uh, everybody is missing their earnings targets lately, and most of them are laying people off. Check this out. It's important for our long-term growth to secure our workforce. Nintendo's okay. out of their mind. Wild. It'll I, never work. I mean, I don't know. It's, to me, this kind of the, this, the spirit of Satoru Iwata lives on here. The man who famously took a what was it, fifty percent pay cut mm. some years ago when they when they missed earnings. I think it was half. It was a significant one. I know that. I, th- I think he cut his salary in half when. Last time he presided over a, a major shortfall. Um, but yeah, like it's, I guess, I guess the idea I was not aware of the prime minister of Japan has like been calling on Japanese companies to do this due to inflation. So there is like some, some pressure there. Mm-hmm. There's actually an update to this Kotaku story you, you linked in here that says, um, Capcom and Bandai Namco have also done oh. similar similar increases. Yes. Uh, I just can I just control R the story and there it is. Yeah. So uh literally an update as we're I think a couple of minutes ago as yeah. we're recording this. So yeah, and, and I think this Kotaku story in here at the time that we're reporting on, on this story, 
I don't think it's clear if this is across all territories, though this story reports that U.S. employees have said there have been raises in offices outside of Japan. And Nintendo of America employees have been putting the, the screws to the company about the fact that they have not gotten pay raises in some time. So I think I'm wondering yeah. if maybe some of that is the result of that pressure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, there's also the, the you know, ongoing struggle and question of percentage of contractors and not full-time employees and, and those things. And I don't mean to sour what is probably a feel-good story about No, it is raises, a good but, thing. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, there are other issues. And uh, I think this is this is great, especially amidst, like we said here, at least stateside, if not internationally, uh, a lot of layoffs happening as, you know, earnings are down. Yeah, it's nice to see. Can you map my $10 more for Zelda to this 10%? I don't know, but it, in my mind, it'd make me feel better if I could. I, I'll, I'll work under that illusion if that's if that's the case. It's just nice, nice to see somebody recognize the economic realities of the people on the ground and not those of stock buybacks. <laughs> Yeah, or or at least like even recognize institutional knowledge by keeping employees around that know how places run, who know what the how to make games, you know, in this space, and you know, yeah, you keep, want that. You, you kind of want some of that. So yeah, you're not, it's <laughs> it is it is wild watching people involved in all these tech layoffs talking about like how just what was it? Somebody somebody from Microsoft who had been there for like twenty eight years got laid off. Who was a co-author of the Dom, which I didn't look up, follow up on. I assume they're talking about the document object model. Is that where that's coming Probably, from? Probably, yes. Anybody? Like, like when you say yes. the Dom, you mean like the like JavaScript, like internet HTML document I, object I model? Guess, I guess so. Okay. Anyway, I mean like, you know, whatever, who knows where they were at in their career or at, at this point, but it was just like that was going around of just like, like they are cutting people that like defined modern technology like people are just getting slashed and burned left and right and just speaking of loss of you know lack loss of institutional knowledge and so forth right uh nintendo again nintendo direct happening here in a couple of hours actually uh fewer than at this time about two and a half hours um nintendo let's move on to activision blizzard always in the news not always uh great Alex, you're taking this one. Yeah. What is going on with Activision Blizzard this time? Yet another thing that I just did not even realize was happening with this company because there have been so many different lawsuits and investigations and other things happening with Activision. But uh, there is a settlement uh, with the SEC uh, to pay $35 million for charges related to uh, complaints of workplace mis misconduct. And also the fact that they lacked procedures necessary to adequately collect and analyze employee complaints of workplace misconduct. So yep. basically they are paying a giant fine because the SEC realized they literally had no meaningful systems in place to deal with whistleblowers. Yeah, I think two things I'll just add. My two cents, again, not a lawyer, also not an engineer, you know, all the, not a doctor. Those are two things. What are you? I, uh, I don't know. That is a great existential You're a guy. That's a great existential question. Yeah. Um 35 million substantial? What do we think? For Activision Blizzard? I mean again, let's talk about the amount of money that they are in fact being are going to potentially be paid for that sale. Yeah. So now, 
it's not nothing. Yeah. I mean, this is criminal. I think the SEC has said they have committed criminal acts. Uh, also, I think allegedly in here, or at least I don't know if it's alleged in a settlement, you know, nobody assumes guilt. Usually that's how that works. I'm again, no lawyer, uh, that they also, uh, did not, I forget their wording. I have to look it up exactly, but basically related to whistleblowers had them initially sign things that said they could not come out to talk against the company in their, yes. in their departure contract, which the SEC said was illegal. You cannot yes. do that. Um, and that's criminal. So yes. thir- I don't know, 35 million. Do they feel that at all? Or is it just like doing part of doing business? Is it, is it the, is it the equivalent of the trucks parking in Manhattan being like, yeah, give me the ticket. I'm still going to just deliver the food here. Oh God, man. I, the Activision's annual revenue is on the order of about seven to eight billion a year. Right. So, you know, I mean, it's not pocket change, but it's also not a huge hit to them in, in, in a meaningful way. I mean, again, this is one of a number of sure. things that they are yeah. being investigated for. It is a number of things that are still in the air right now. This is just one of them coming to a settlement. Yeah, I was, I was going to say this has no bearing on the California state level stuff that was taking place, right? I don't think so. I, you can tell that Activision doesn't really care about this financial um, repercussion from this settlement because of their statement in response to this um, settlement, which starts off with, we are pleased to have amicably settled or resolved this matter, which means, you mm-hmm. know, this ain't hurting us. <laughs> like, we're good. This ain't a big deal. We're good. Moving on. We we got this one. Uh, they go on to say some more stuff. But yes, they're. Activision Blizzard has a, a litany of uh, there's a list of things going on. Still a fucking mess. Yeah, yeah, still a mess. Stuff is happening over in the UK right now with the Activision Blizzard merger that is still um or uh, acquisition. Mm-hmm. Act- sorry, Activision Blizzard Microsoft acquisition. Um so we'll see where that stuff all lands to. This I don't know, check one off the list. I don't know. <laughs> And it, I still it, don't know. I don't. I still don't know how exactly how long that list is. It may be going a while. At the very least, they had to go in and change some of those things that were uh, either illegal, allegedly illegal, or um, in conflict with how things should be done. Let's so. just be real. Probably illegal. Pro- <laughs> Probably illegal. Probably illegal. Uh, all right, Activision Blizzard boy, you're going to be in the news for quite some time. It will never end. Um, I didn't even I didn't even put in the thing here where UK regulators are suggesting that they sell to Microsoft minus Call of Duty. That was moment. also they're like they're like, hey, what if this acquisition doesn't include Call of Duty? It's like, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure yeah. Microsoft would be just fine with that. Uh, they, they're hey, they have said they are just in it for um, for candy. King. Was That's it right, King yeah, for just, candy? We just want King. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no one believes that. <laughs> I mean, listen, I I believe that they they would. I'm not saying they don't want King. I'm saying no one is saying that is the only thing they want. Um, Okay, let's pivot to something that maybe is also questionable whether people want. That's maybe too mean. Is that too Uh, mean? No, it's not. not (laughs) I don't know if it's too mean. My own personal feelings, (laughs) not remotely mean. Uh, Do people want Gear 6? Uh, I'm sure somebody would be interested in it. I I feel like it's maybe just been long enough that that could be... A thing people want in mass. I, I don't. I don't hate gears, but I certainly don't have any particular passion for it. People really point. liked Gears Five. Yeah, mm-hmm. like Five at least had some new ideas. I wish they had gone further with it. Like when they were all like, "Ah, it's open, and you can kind of explore and do stuff all over." Like, it, I don't know. They they didn't go all the way with that concept. Like I thought they might, but 
I mainly brought this up because in the wake of that Microsoft developer direct, we kind of were speculating about like, what are some of their other studios up mm. to that were not here, such as the coalition, which I'm trying to think like of major studios they've got that don't have announced projects. It's the coalition, it's double fine. Oh, they have so uh, many studios. Um, yeah. Al- I, th- I feel like almost all of their big name internal studios like have something on the books publicly oh, announced. Gosh. They have so many irons in the fire. They have too many studios. I have to look up. I, I don't remember them all. Uh, anyway, the, Co- the coalition is one of the few that I think are like sort of floating at the moment as far as not having something on the schedule officially mm-hmm. confirmed. Uh, and we were talking about that. And Jeff Grubb at Giant Bomb. Uh-huh. Who? Uh, has yeah. said that it is, in fact, year six that they are making. I mean, the studio was founded to make Gears games, basically. Um, so that's not super surprising. He says they have canceled two other non-Gears projects in order to get here, though. Oh, which that's is not so a good. little bit. Uh, also, to say, start to say disappointing. I don't know if that's you know excessive considering we don't know what those projects were. He says he says they canceled a smaller project as well as a another project is quote unquote is what he says, which I assume implies it was a bigger game. Well, so here's what it is, uh, is that, yes, you're right. We don't know how good those games were. It could have been just, you know, standard cancellation of projects. It's just that we've been hearing about a lot of stuff getting canceled recently. And also the idea of them maybe getting to make something that was not Gears of War, I think, yeah. was perhaps more appealing to someone like myself. Yeah, I personally do not feel the need to play yet another Gears game. It's I didn't a feel much need after two, honestly. I like yeah. I like three. I I I thought three was quite good, but also yeah. three felt like it wrapped things. Huh. Three things, three games, three movies. Usually a pretty yeah. good place to stop, yeah. it seems. But uh, anyway, um, so yeah, that that if he, if 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 Jeff Grubb is is on the money here, that seems to be what they probably are working on. He also goes on uh, this story quotes him as saying that they were touched by those recent layoffs as well. In, yeah. in in coalition, so you know, we'll see what happens um, with uh, with gears. I mean, Microsoft's going to have announcements. They they will show off something. I don't know if this will get announced this year, but yeah, you, I could I could see that. Did he uh, source where this stuff came from? No. Okay. Sources, you know. Oh, sources, sources. I think is just generally the understanding. Uh, he may have. I, di- I didn't watch the full clip. I, yeah, I didn't either. I'm just reading this summary on Video Games Chronicle, but uh, I, I could see that maybe being announced at uh, E3 or fake E3 or whatever they end up doing. Yeah, they've got. I mean, they've got plenty of stuff they need to show that has been floating around for way too long. Right, like Perfect Dark and Everwild and Fable. But you kind of want to show up to the summer thing with something new as well. Mm. And this yep. would probably be a no-brainer for that if it exists. What's what's the story with the new Hellblade game? Is that Does that have a date? I don't think um, that has a date yet. I don't think they've put a date on that yet. Because that's probably um, floating around out there too. They've, yeah, they've shown clips of that. Like that. That's definitely happening. Uh, um, I don't think it's got a date yet. Interesting. Uh, of course, you know, I mean, stuff like Redfall and Minecraft Legends, which is, both those are both like three months away or less, just got dates a couple weeks ago. I was so, looking at their um, their list of studios they own, 
Undead Labs, they've announced, right? Yes. Um, State of Decay 3. Okay. Rare is just folded into... I mean, they, are they folded into just ongoing other projects at this point? No, no. They're doing Everwild as their new game. Oh, God. Everwild, I forgot. Okay. Uh, turn 10, Playground Games? Uh, they're doing Fable. Oh, gosh. Okay. Right. Right? Or hang on. I, I, do I always get this wrong? I don't I mean, they, know. They do Force of Horizon is their main yes, thing. But yes. Like, but didn't they... Hang on. Let me just... Also, like, I think someone just left Playground that was like one of the main people there. Yes, they are working on Fable as well. So that's Playground is working on Fable? Yes. Uh, Obsidian, we know. They they have all their iron got, in the fire. They've got Avowed and... Do they have anything else announced right now? Is that the More last thing? Grounded they, updates. They put, out, they put out Grounded and Pentiment. I think Avowed might be the last thing on their their known list at the moment. Uh, in Exile? Gosh. They did I, buy that, didn't they? I completely forgot that they were there. Everyone what are they did. <laughs> like they were doing, the, well, they've been doing like Wasteland games quite a bit for yeah. a while. Okay. Um, and, and that new Torment game. Like, But apparently those are quite good. Like people. Oh, I'm not dissing in Exile. It's just that I feel like they are always the completely forgotten aspect of that buying spree they went on. Mm-hmm. The uh, initiative. Yeah, uh, the initiative is um, perfect dark. Okay. Slash uh, crystal dynamics. What's compulsion games? Uh, they did. We happy few and contrasts. That's I right. If, I don't know if they have a new game announced at the moment. And then that, finally, maybe? we did coalition double fine. And then world's edge, which I don't know who world's edge is. Oh gosh. Was that a studio that got renamed? From something else. No, I, that is not familiar to me at all. World's Edge. Age of Empires. Right. Oh, 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 right. Wow. Okay, that was that was an internal studio created to. Oh wow. To kind of shepherd Age of Empires, right? They've yeah. got a ton of stuff. That's not even counting all the Bethesda stuff, like Arcane Machine, uh, mm-hmm. Machine Games, ID, and, and all that. Tango. I mean, they have yeah, it's almost like, a lot of studios. If you want to count. Um, um, if you want to count Bethesda Studios, then nobody knows exactly what it is doing right now. I don't think Tango has anything announced either since Hi-Fi Rush just came out. Alpha Dog, Roadhouse. I don't know <laughs> what these are. I know uh, what Roadhouse is. I didn't know that was a <laughs> video game. Roadhouse Studios, Alpha Dog Games. These are all under Bethesda. Anyway, Microsoft will probably have stuff to show uh, in the summer or whenever they do their next bit of business. Yeah. Uh, that possibly will be a gears game maybe uh, who knows who can say who knows, who knows? yeah maybe, who knows? you know maybe they'll, maybe they'll go further with some new ideas this time yeah online Hopefully. multiplayer extraction game in the you got to extract from underground right but there's like a horde of enemies coming at a you at horde all times. Of enemies. what do you think mm. what do you think if i've been kicking this idea around <laughs> a horde you know i got to give it up for gears that horde mode yeah that was a lot of fun at the time like and that was that felt different at the time horde mode was mode defining mode defining Mm -hmm. um all right brad let's take it into this last news story we have pinned here about (laughs) ken levine's new game uh take two put a rough release time frame on judas judas the ghost story games ken levine game by March 2025, 
I just I think it's the first time I've seen 2025 referenced in relation to a, a release date. Yeah, I it's, think at this point, 20, like Nebulous 2024 was the furthest out we had seen so far. Uh, yeah, Wolverine and, get 2025, or that's just not going to date. Um, I don't so, think that got any kind of something else was b- bizarre, but we've we've also traversed some time since the last E3, so. It could have been 2024 stuff that seemed further away at the time. 2025. I, just, I mean, why dated just, at that point? Part of it is just, you know, it's already been over a decade since Bioshock Infinite. <laughs> very, very long time for him to put something uh, else out. So it was kind of funny from that standpoint, but. I but this rewatched. is very much in context of them just trying to say like, hey, you know, we're lining up our financials. Here's when we yeah. expect this thing to come out. This was this yeah this was kind of earning results investor relations type stuff uh, defining this. Uh, of course, it could it could get delayed, but anyway, there is a, a there's a part in this video games chronicle story that I had to read a couple of times that says Judas is one of 87 games Take Two is planning to release during this window, uh, but but then it said 40 are mobile games. So, yeah. so there you know. go. I mean, listen, 40 games in it's not 20, nothing. in 2025. Well, sorry. Uh, between uh, this period in 2025 is still quite a bit. Now yeah. and the end of 2025 is that 40 games is still a hell of a lot of PC and console games. So good yes. good luck. Yeah. I, I am really curious about Judas, like not from the boy, it looks like Bioshock standpoint, but from the like his his whole concept of narrative legos mm-hmm. that he's talked about a bunch like does he actually really, make good on that like if they if they really create a, a game that with that much of a branching story that could be interesting um i don't know if you saw they also said in the course of this earnings call that midnight suns underperformed expectations mm. it's a bummer which is unfortunate yeah i wonder what expectations were for that thing I mean, it's a Marvel, big Marvel property. I'm, property, but I'm like sure. Avengers bombed. Remember, like the Avengers I game do. did not do that well, and obviously Spider Man did extremely well. But yeah. like, I think the sell for that game was a lot harder than big open world action game. I wonder if an XCOM would have done better, or if you just spent more on Marvel and that's what the expectation was. You know, like mm-hmm. I wonder if this sold well, just not up to expectation, considering the licensing and stuff. Yeah. All right. Strauss, Strauss Zelnick told Jason Trier, quote, it's possible the release window wasn't perfect. Mm, you don't say. But he also, he thinks it could have a long tail like other Firaxis games. Could be. I still want to go back and do some more in there. I got kind of bored a little bit of the combat, but um, yeah, go back. Let me ask you guys this. Mm-hmm. Do you get Judas or the next Bioshock game first? Hmm. Or do they somehow hit within the same three months do we do we get a callisto protocol dead space remake situation yes of yes of one one is racing to be out before the other i don't know if that's what happened but it sure did seem conspicuously timed yes because um, there is going to be another bioshock game yes yeah i don't know like Judas sounds more interesting conceptually in terms of the storytelling stuff they've laid out but also like how the hell you make a new bioshock game in this day and age is also like kind of a fascinating exercise to me. So uh, it's hard to say. It's hard, hard to, to say. Yeah, yeah. I, it'll be interesting if they both come out around the same time. Though 
I I would I'll, I'll pause it, and it's not quite there. But Arcane feels like it, modern kind of Bioshock ish yeah. stuff. Like Arcane's yeah, doing yeah, a lot of stuff in that space. Yeah, they've they've always had shared kind of immersive sim roots. Yeah. Uh, everything everything just descends from System Shock in one way or another. <laughs> That's right. But but yes, yeah, absolutely. Like it's it's almost hard to remember that Bioshock absolutely was presented as that type of game back when it came out. Um, whether it lived up to that or not, who can say? Uh, I bet there'll be a Bioshock bundle at some point, next gen bundle with, with those old games. Uh, well, they put them out on last on last gen. So they still, you can buy port over. Okay. You can buy PS4, Xbox one versions of those now. Interesting. All right. That beeth the news. Uh, again, Nintendo direct happening just mere moments away. Right. Just stay tuned to see how amazingly accurate we were about everything. I'm pretty Mm -hmm. excited for that Zelda. I feel like I've got, I want to get my hands on it. I want to get, I want to get, I'm ready for it. Yeah. Yeah. I want to, I hope, I hope it runs well. I hope it runs well. That's I'm ready for it. Not to. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Having played most of that first one on the Wii U, I don't know where it did not run well. Uh, that would for, be the for, biggest bummer. First one was decent on the Switch, but we will see. Uh, that's going to wrap up the news. We've got our emails here. The email address is podcast at nextlander.com, podcast at nextlander.com. But we are going to uh, skip the emails for this week. I've got to go attend a funeral. Uh, so I am going to go head out. But before we do that, I want to thank everybody for listening. I want to thank everybody for coming out here and supporting us week after week, day after day, hour after hour, minute after minute. But not second after second. That's too no, much. No, that's that's just too much. You gotta you gotta take some downtime. Uh I wanna let people know that we have a great, dare I say, fantastic, never been a better podcast. Going up this Friday with Dan Reichert and Abby Russell. Uh, maybe some of my funniest bits uh, uh, I thought were funny. Not, I'm saying not my funniest bits. The funniest bits we've had in that show uh, concerning uh, Dan's uh, uh, throw and his going out into the woods. Some good times are had on Never Been or Better Podcast going up this Friday. You can look for that. Over on the Watchcast side, we've got some fantastic action movies, eight, mm-hmm. 90s. Goofy 90s action sci-fi is what I'm calling these. Uh, We've got Virtuosity currently up there on the the Patreon side. That'll be going on the free feed soon. And then, uh, Alex, do we want to say what we've got going on in terms of our guests? Did we announce our guests? Yeah, we did. Tamor of Giant Bomb and uh, GameSpot fame, Tamor Hussein, is joining us to talk about Demolition Man. I don't know what is more shocking, that Brad, you had not seen Demolition Man in all this time, or Tamor's fascination and love for that movie. He says it's his favorite movie. And I'm not, who am I to challenge him on that? Got a shrine to Demolition Man. He's made, find out, find out about Tamor's own cut of Demolition Man. Yes. I, I won't say what he pulled off a shelf. (laughs) <laughs> in the middle of that conversation but it was surprising it's fantastic this is uh this is all good stuff uh you guys are doing that grab bag on thursday we're gonna come back and uh check out breakout 13 part two part two the finale part two at least of breakout 13 that fmv game on friday and on uh monday you can catch brad doing the run of his life 
in the freelancer mode, which uh, um, we're going to continue at some point. So that, yeah. that run is, is still happening, still happening. Of course, you got the Ramble cast, and you are listening to the Next Lander podcast. All of the thi- all of these things are made possible by support like you by going over to places like nextlander.com or patreon.com slash nextlander. Both of those places will get you to a list of tiers where you can find a tier that is right for you. A whole bunch of stuff there. That's where you're going to find things like the Ramble cast. That's where you're going to find things like the Watch cast. Never been a better podcast are all over there, and that's where you can support us. One tier there, though gets their names read on this here show and alex navarro would you do the honors of reading our mysterious benefactors for this week Vinny, it would be my pleasure thank you our mysterious benefactors for this week are rre john richardson vornak kelly f james smith brian lucier skywarp john hubbard sean miller Brad's classic mid-size hoodoo voodoo, Evan Cook, Mark Wilhelm, JM, Jerry Lee, Gary Pejsky, Robert Fisher, John McGinnis, Hashtag Bunny Crimes, Peter Reardon, Thomas Lynn, Jad Rita, Statics, Andrew Jackson, Razgriz3, Daughter of Raz Rises, congrats, Brian Murphy, Trevor and Adrian R, Randy Duax, Andrew Tiebkin, it's a me, Dario. Yeah, Alex Wu. It me, JP. Matt Clements Jr. Edward Chick. Andrew Slosky. Steve Lynn. Matthew Herrig. David Campos. And Tyler Treese. Those are our mysterious benefactors for this week. And of course, big thank you to everyone there. Thanks for sticking by us. A lot of you are longtime supporters, and we do appreciate it. Of course, thank you to everyone who has supported us over on the Patreon, over on Twitch, watched our stuff on YouTube, listened to the podcast, told your friends, say it once, say it every time. Cannot do it without you. Would not. Wouldn't even dare to. Wouldn't even try it. Just won't just won't do it. Uh, thank you very much, Alex Navarro. Thank you. Thank you very much, Brad Shoemaker. Thank you. See, if I don't stretch this part out, though, the end music collides with the mysterious benefactor uh, music. So I do have to just kind of pad here a little, little bit. Spacing. I have to I have to fill time just a little bit. So I got this Chippendales tab open. If you want. Uh-huh. Just uh, run down. What's How hunky are the guys on the page? <laughs> just going on there. White? Okay. They're, they're still wearing Santa hats, though. I don't know. Oh, you know, sometimes. Maybe a little, maybe a little late. Never goes out of style. Really never goes You're out saying of style. they got to take that uh, Christmas log down? And that's going to do it for the show. <laughs> I, believe, I believe that's enough time. Uh, go check out all that stuff. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll be back next week. <laughs>